Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit about, you know, the March for Life, what's going on there. Um, I know that this will be a week after the March for Life happened when the show airs, but today, in fact, it is happening. Um, people are marching in Washington, D.C. Uh, to really make the voice of the unborn heard. Um, really our most vulnerable population. We have so many different vulnerable populations in society that we love to take care of. Um, but really, more than anything else, what's more vulnerable than a child in the womb? But as we get started here at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, let's go ahead and say the prayer to end abortions, which I found on uh, just online. There's lots of prayers to, the prayers to end abortion. This one starts like this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord God, I thank you today for the gift of my life and for the lives of all my brothers and sisters. I know there is nothing that destroys more life than abortion, yet I reject, I rejoice that you have conquered death by the resurrection of your son. I am ready to do my part in ending abortion. Today, I commit myself never to be silent, never to be passive, never to be forgetful of the unborn. I commit myself to be active in the pro-life movement and never to stop defending life until all my brothers and sisters are protected and our nation once again becomes a nation with liberty and justice, not just for some, but for all through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, interesting prayer, interesting topic, definitely a hot topic that is very much debated and very much at the forefront of society at different levels, not just because um, uh, as Catholics, we say, gosh, this is wrong. Uh, abortion is always going to be ending a life and life is sacred. That's really the message that it comes down to. And we can argue it from a religious perspective. Uh, and the hardest part is a lot of people argue it from a political perspective. Uh, and then they argue the argument is also from the purview of science. And I think that that's the part that I find the most interesting uh, as a scientist, how we as a society try to justify a lot of times things that are so basic, so obvious uh, from a scientific scientific perspective to the point where we say, no, you know, uh, this can't really be a life. You got to prove this to me. You got to show me how this is a life. Uh, almost where we get so philosophical about that which is in front of us that we forget to just allow it to be and allow it to be basic and allow the truth to come out really more than anything else where we can start to philosophize even about when does life begin? Is this a child? Is it not? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? What's going on in the womb? When the reality is very simple. If somebody wants to have a baby, if somebody wants to start a family, um, at the end of the day, God gave us a way. He gave us a way through the union of a man and a woman no other way around that. And as soon as the woman realizes that she's pregnant, whether she take a pregnancy test, she find out at the doctor's office, um, she find out because her monthly cycle is off, whatever it is, you know, whatever way she finds out that she's pregnant, 
every woman knows what that means. There's no question about it. I don't know any woman who said, oh my goodness, I think I'm pregnant and I better go talk to an oncologist because it's a cancer. Or I think I'm pregnant, so I better go um, have this clump of cells removed. I think, you know, at the core, we all know what that means. You're pregnant, you're having a child. And usually you find out that you're pregnant pretty early on, but we all know it's a child from the moment of conception. There's no question about that. Once something is conceived, it is life in the womb. Um, and really, that's the march that's happening. My question is, are we really marching just for life? You know, we say, and you know, people who are marching um, throughout the country, we're marching for the sake of the child, for the life of the child, to protect the child. Is that really what we're marching for? I think there's a much bigger picture here that we're marching for. Once we start talking about marching for life, and the reality of a child in a womb, it starts to open up a whole lot of different doors that are not being discussed. Because at the end of the day, uh, we're saying March for Life. We're saying, let's keep that baby alive. But the argument, the counter argument is going to be, well, what's going to happen to that baby? You know, what if it's an unwanted child? What if it uh, has deformities? What if it has this or that? It's really not, once we are, once we argue or put these arguments on the table, it leads us to other questions, other doors that really it comes down to, well, wait, where's this kid's family? What's going on? Who's taking care of him? Where's the mom? Okay. There's the mom's usually easy to find if the woman's pregnant. The mom's right there. Baby's in the womb. But then how did the baby get there? Where's the dad? Who's taking care of him? I always start to say, Hey, this march for life is really the march for the family is what I would call it, you know, at the end of the day, because what are we telling these, um, these young ladies who are pregnant as Catholics? We say, you know, gosh, save your baby. Don't, don't have an abortion. Um, but then where's the support? Do we have support? I know that there's many, many places that do support and we're going to talk about that. Does the mom feel supported, but really take a step back. Where's the family? Where's the dad? How can we reassure women that, Having a family is important. Having a dad around is important for the baby. Having a husband's important. Let men know taking care of your wife is important. It comes down to the sacrament of marriage. I'm not surprised by this at all. You know, this always, this, this March for Life, this uh, um, time of year here, the beginning always takes me back to um, the Fatima, to the apparitions of Fatima. I never forget that Sister Lucia Los Santos the uh, visionary, the young shepherd girl who was not taken up to heaven, she stayed here um, and finally passed away in 2005. But before her death, she had said and she stated that the fight, the final fight, the decisive fight, um, this is what she said, let me read it. It says that when she was writing a letter uh, to Cardinal Kafara, she said the final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, she added, because whoever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way because this is the decisive issue. Then she concluded, nevertheless, our lady has already crushed his head. You know, it's interesting that this quote always sticks with me whenever we talk about children, whenever we talk about, uh, I know a year ago, there was a, the movie that came out um, they talked all about child trafficking, about the horrific nature of child trafficking. Well, this is another issue with the child, with the children, um, abortion. And 
what what's going on here? You know, at the end of the day, we are ending a life. We're killing a baby uh, in the womb of the mom. There's there's no question about that. There's no debate about that. The real debate is, should this be a right that is afforded um, in our country? You know, um, and the other question is, like I was saying before, scientifically speaking, what does this mean? Is it really a baby? Is it not? Prove it to me. Well, it's going to be hard. It's it's like a miracle if you if somebody believes in the power of God and believes in the power of miracles, they don't need a whole lot of proof. If somebody doesn't believe, it doesn't matter how much proof I give you, what argument I give you. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to still decide it doesn't matter whether it's a baby or not, or it doesn't matter what's going on, because you're going to argue the argument's going to be, it's a woman's right. And so how can you go against women or why would you hate women? Or that's going to be the argument, which really doesn't hold water because that's not even what we're talking about. You know, we think women are great. We want to help the woman. We want to support the woman. We just want her to also allow the life of the child to uh, to be. Give the child a birthday. Everybody deserves a birthday. I found this interesting article. So as we're talking about faith and science, um, the bishop, Bishop Michael Burbage of the Diocese of Arlington, Virginia, um, makes an argument about faith and science. And he says, this article, let's read through it, go through it a little bit, because it's going to bring up um, a whole lot of these topics that we're talking about. It's going to be important to read through, to see what the bishop has to say, um, to understand how do we want to fight this? What is it that we want to, what's the message we want to convey as Catholics? It says, Catholic bishop highlights faith and science as key to embrace life ahead of March for Life. So, the article says, as the 51st annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. approached, uh, Michael Burbage, the bishop of the Diocese of Arlington, Virginia, uh, so that's going to be the biggest march, right, in D.C., so he's in Arlington, Virginia, he highlighted ways to help mothers keep their babies and expand the culture of life so that abortion never even has to be considered a possibility. You know, that's that's really the key right there. Like I was mentioning before, you know, he highlighted ways to help mothers keep their babies. Notice, it's not saying that he talked about whether it's a life or not. I think that once we get into that argument, we kind of lose the um, we kind of we kind of lose the the stream. We kind of lose the narrative because if we're going to argue about whether it's a life or not, again, we're not going to prove that to anybody. Nobody's going to. There's going to be ways that people will say no, it's not a life, and you can't necessarily prove it. Um, other than it's just instinctual, it's innate. We already know that. We know it's a life. I'm not even going to argue that point with somebody if they tell me, "Oh, how do you prove that it's a life?" I'm not even going to argue that. It already is. You know, if you can't, if you can't figure that out, then something happened happened in health class uh, when you were growing up or something. Somebody didn't teach you right because that's pretty basic. That's bread and butter. But here's a real question. You know, how are we going to help the moms keep their babies and expand the culture of life? That's really the question at the heart of the Catholic um, debate for the March for Life. Let's help the moms keep their babies. We already know it's a baby. I'm not going to argue that. There's no sense to argue that. It's already it's already a life. There's no question about it. As soon as you know I'm pregnant, as soon as you hear those words, everybody knows what that means. There's, there's no question about it. Anybody who uh, understands life. When we come back for the break, we're going to keep reading this article and we're going to see what are the important points that we have to hold on to as Catholics and we'll talk about life in the womb, pro-life movement, really family that's at stake. 
All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about the right to life, pro-life movement, and really what I consider the pro-family movement. Um, why is this important to us? Because as Catholics, this is the basis of our faith, a cornerstone, the very first sacrament. Um, I'm reading this article about what a bishop said ahead of the March for Life uh, this month here and the month of January 2024. Um, it says this, the article is important, really important points to make when we're talking about this argument, when we're going to say, how are we going to talk about this? The Catholic Church is the largest Christian denomination in the United States, and for decades it has been active in the movement to end abortion, using its vast network of charities and advocates, not only to push for policy change, but also to provide aid to pregnant women who need help both during and after their pregnancy. What did I get out of that? Well, any uh, pro-life organization is going to try to provide aid to pregnant women um, before and during their pregnancy uh, as much as possible. But one of the biggest things that we get out of this is that the Catholic Church is still the largest Christian denomination in the United States. And if you notice something, it's the only one that has really held you know, out of all the people who claim different uh, levels of Christianity and, and different ways of following Christ, different Protestant churches and whatnot, the Catholic Church is still holding on to the right from life, uh, to life from the beginning. There's no question about that. that and, you know, we're, we're kind of like bat, the last bastion there. We're the last uh, organization to really continue to say the truth. And that's where we're going to be attacked. And that's what's going to be hard for a lot of people. They really want the church to change their stance, to soften the stance, to allow this, allow that. But really, at the end of the day, the truth is what matters. The article goes on to say, but since Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization overturned Roe versus Wade in 2022, that was a huge win. Huge win in terms of really saying, hey, we have to speak the truth. We have to um, say what's really going on. The new opportunities for conservatives to restrict abortions have not produced results in the ballot box. Becomes a political issue, folks. This is why we got to get out there and vote. Um, vote for candidates who uh, truly are going to uphold the right to life, who are going to be against abortion, who are going to be pro-life. So it hasn't produced uh, any results at the ballot box amid effective messaging from those who support legal abortion. Um, so again, the messaging, what's the messaging? It's effective from those who really do support abortion. That's the hard part as Catholics. Are we really speaking up against abortion? Are we able to say what our position is? I think that the best way to speak against it is not, again, the science of it, it's already proven. We can argue science back and forth, but that's kind of an empty argument. People will, it's more of a trap to keep you in a bit of a, a whirlpool, a bit of a vortex of um, argument because it's not going to go anywhere. The reality is, where's the argument about the family? Where is it that um, we're going to advocate for the family? The bishop said that in order to guide more people to embrace the pro-life position, advocates need to transform hearts. He said, we know we have the truth. We do. At the end of the day, we have the truth. So why is it so hard to argue? Why is it so hard to even see it? I don't know. He goes on to say, all of life is sacred and must be protected. We have to find new and loving ways of communicating that truth. Uh, the bishop, he is the chairman of the Pro-Life Activities Committee of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, and so that's why he is going to take this stance. That's why he's going to be at the forefront of speaking against abortion. But he explained that the way to really talk about the truth is by defending the life 
of the most vulnerable, the unborn child in the womb, and by helping young mothers who need resources such as counseling, food, clothing, medical aid, and emotional support so that they have every reason to embrace life. I mean, this is so important to consider. This is one of the most, um, the key elements of this. How do we support the mom? Well, I ask, how do we support the family? You know, how I would say we support the mom. I don't know about the moms right now who uh, are pregnant. They're going to need counseling, food, clothing, shelter from different things. This is how I would support the moms in the future going forward. Teach men to be good husbands. Give a man a mission. Remind men what masculinity is. Remind men that we have a responsibility when it comes to the family. Remind men that they are the head of the household. That's the responsibility. Without that idea of, hey, I've got a job to do here. I am the head of the household. Well, sure, why stick around? I don't need to stick around. Who needs me? Nobody needs me. You know, gosh, in fact, women don't want what I have to offer. I have to offer masculinity. I have to offer strength. I have to offer leadership and being the head of the household. I have to, in fact, that's my responsibility. That's what I'm going to be asked about when I come before the throne of God uh, on my last day of life here on earth. You know, we pass away. I'm going to go before the throne of God. And he's going to say, I gave you a family. How well did you lead it? How well did you lead your family? Because that was your job. Oh, but you see, God, it's because they said that I needed to get rid of my masculinity because it was toxic. God's going to say, I don't know who they are. But what did I say? I said, you're in charge of the family. I said, this is your family. You got to take ownership of that. And in fact, you got to take ownership of your sexuality, of your intimacy, of being able to say, hey, I'm going to wait until I'm married. I'm going to have a wife. Uh, and I'm going to use the gifts that God gave me in a holy way. But when was the last time that we taught that in Catholic schools? When was the last time that we taught that uh, for the kids that are growing up? When was the last time that we reminded kids of morality, of modesty, of custody of the eyes, of respecting each other? It's really hard to do that when you look at what society's putting out there. If you look even at simple TV commercials or um, advertisements, you know, the artists that are being lauded by the public, um, who are the role models that kids have today? You know, we don't see too many uh, role models where there is um, somebody who's married, has a family, and is willing to give up a career, change trajectories because the family comes first. You know, it's hard to do. So I get it. You know, you start getting famous, you start going down this roller coaster of making money, the public. Nowadays, you notice. Everything's about social media and being famous. How many likes do I have? How many followers do I have? It's about me, 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 me. It's really going to be hard if we don't help to understand, uh, help the young generations to understand. If we don't teach our children to understand that it's not about me. It's about how can I follow God's mission best in my life? How can I follow the vocation that God gave me in my life? How do I even find that out? Got to start to pray. We got to pray so that we know what we're doing. Jesus was praying all the time to, to continue to figure out his mission here on earth as he was moving in different directions. He was always praying. He was always turning to God the Father. He never said, hey, I'm God. I got it figured out. He's turning to God the Father. And he said, I'm here to do God's will. I'm here to do my Father's work. We got to get that mentality back of, hey, God, you know, gave me a family. He gave me this, gives us the sacrament of marriage. Is this God's will in my life? And if it is, how am I going to live that? Well, let's see here. The bishop said, um, 
that several ministries that there, he mentioned the good ministries that, that help um, is that there's ministries and programs aimed at helping women through pregnancy and raising children, including the Gabriel project. That's a good ministry. Um, project Rachel is a good ministry and they provide hundreds of, you know, they're going to provide the basics. What do moms need? They need diapers for their baby. They're going to need formula. They're going to need medical care. Uh, if they're pregnant, they need prenatal, prenatal care. Um, and if they have their child, they're going to need help for the baby. Um, so these are important things that need to be considered. Um, this is the other thing that the bishop said. He said, after they made a very harmful decision uh, and the toll that it takes on them emotionally, spiritually, and physically, we're not going to abandon them. This is moms who have had abortions or they have had an abortion. This is the key. What do we do now? Do I now tell them that they're not worthy of God's love? Do I tell them that what they did was so bad and sinful and that they're excommunicated, which they are? Is that the time to do that? No, the moment to do that is to say, hey, you need to, um, you know, get back to yourself spiritually, emotionally. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to tell them that what they did was okay um, or right in the eyes of the church. Um, that's the truth. But, um, you know, we're here to love you, and you, now you're going to have to process this. You're going to have to process what happened. Um, and that's important to consider, you know. It's a similar organization such as crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, this is true. Have drawn the ire of liberals who have attempted to shut them down or cut their funding. Interesting in the news, you know, any pro-life center is always attacked. Why is that? Why would a pro-life center be attacked? Got to ask ourselves, you know, what's the idea behind that? You know, I understand that you might not agree with uh, the pro-life movement. You might not agree with people trying to save babies, but that really is a powerful message when you're being attacked in that way. You know, so many centers after the um, the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade, so many centers were attacked. It tells you something. It tells you that, you know, gosh, there's a big, much bigger battle here. There's, there's a deeper battle. It's more than just this issue. Um, and that's important. So the bishop gives a lot of good points. It's an interesting article. I'll put a link to it uh, here at the video. Um, but one of the keys here that he said is this. Oh, this is what this is what, what was important in this article. Um, he says, we have the truth, but we have to be smart enough to know that our message has to be communicated to confront these falsehoods that they're putting out there, that anyone who stands up for life is irrational, radical, or intolerant. No, we're here for life because it's sacred, because we love the mother and we love the child. That was one of the most important things um, from this article. And that's something we need to remember because you are going to be viewed if you say, gosh, you know, abortion is wrong. This is a child. I don't want to end this life. You're going to be viewed as irrational, radical, or intolerant. And the truth is far from that. Um, life is sacred. That's the bottom line. That's our argument. We love the mother. We love the child. There's no intolerance. It's just the reality of life. You know, I remember a politician was arguing, um, saying she was Catholic and that she was 100% for abortion and that didn't agree with the Catholic stance on abortion. So then you got to ask yourself, how Catholic are you? Uh, but at the end of the day, she was saying, look, we have, um, you know, the, the Catholic Church might argue uh, against abortion, but they're for the death penalty. Well, you know, we can twist the argument any way we want, but I'm glad that she at least made an equal argument where she equated abortion with death. You know, at that point, whether she realized it or not, she said, well, they keep saying that they're for the death penalty or they can advocate for it. Um, okay, you're talking about murder. Well, 
then at least you're agreeing that abortion is murder. Uh, it is taking a life to very different scenarios. You, you know, you can't even compare them um, as far as that situation goes. It's almost like comparing somebody who unfortunately takes the life of someone else in self-defense um, with, you know, premeditated murder. Um, but um, but at least there was the argument made uh, with an equivocal example of life and death. You know, that that argument starting from there, we can recognize that abortion really equals death. Well, I know, folks, I know that the Pope has been under fire uh, here recently in the last few months for different things that have been coming out of the Vatican um, in terms of really are we respecting marriage and life? Um, but what's the Pope's stance been on abortion, you know, since he has taken on the papacy? What has Pope Francis said about abortion? Well, let's look at this. There's a different article that I found. Uh, very important. It says, respect life. Pope Francis has eight of his strongest statements against abortion. He's always been against abortion. Catholic Church will never falter on that. And that's kind of one of the things that I appreciate about the Catholic Church, about recognizing that, you know, are we in the, the true church? Absolutely. We're still in the Church of Christ, regardless of what comes out of the Vatican. But we've got to take out those things that we know are true, that we know ring true with the sacraments, with the um, scriptures, with what Jesus taught. On September 15, 2021, Pope said, oh, well, well, we'll figure out this article and the statements the Pope said. Why don't we come back from the break? Because he made some really interesting points um, on the truth. You know, what abortion really Or we'll come back from the break. All right, folks, welcome back to Virginia's Prophet Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about the March for Life, the March for the family, really, more than anything else. Uh, and how do we argue this? What is our argument as Catholics? How can we talk to somebody who uh, doesn't agree with us, who believes that abortion should be uh, on the table, who uh, agrees with it as a as a uh, form of, you know, a right for women to be able to do this? Well, the real question is, what is abortion in and of itself? You know, scientifically speaking, we already know what's going on. We know that it's a baby and we know that we're going to end the baby's life. Um, not something that we advocate for as Catholics. Well, let's look at what the Pope uh, has to say on abortion, uh, what statements he's made in the past. Because believe it or not, folks, I know that the Pope gets a, a lot of flack for things that come out of the Vatican that are downright confusing. But this is one topic that has been very, very clear. Um, the Pope honestly has been much more uh, open and frank about what he says about abortion, really much more um, um, striking than any other Pope that I that I recall. Um, but let's look at what he said. So this article goes on to give us a few points. On September 15, 2021, the Pope just came out and said abortion is murder. That's it. That's what he said. When a journalist from the Jesuit publication America Magazine asked the Pope on September 15th about a woman's right to choose and giving communion to politicians who have supported pro-abortion laws, uh, this was during an in-flight press conference, Pope Francis responded that abortion is more than an issue, abortion is murder. At the end of the day, thank you, Pope Francis, for just putting that out there. This is true. This is what the Catholic Church professes because it's the truth. That's really what it comes down to. Scientifically, it's a human life, he said. The textbooks teach us that. We know that. This is why I said it's so basic that we cannot even argue from 
science, anybody tells you it's not a life, you're not even having the right argument. You're you're having two totally different arguments. Um, but is it right to take it out to solve a problem, he asked. This is why the church is so strict on this issue, because accepting this kind, this is kind of like accepting daily murder, is what he said. Accepting abortion is kind of like accepting daily murder. Well, not kind of. It is accepting daily murder. That's what people are fighting for. They're saying, hey, I want to have the right to murder my child. I have my child murdered to come over to the execution table. That's the truth. Let's look at what he said on September 25th, 2020, Pope Francis' speech to the United Nations in a speech to a high-level meeting of the United Nations General Assembly, Pope Francis said that it was unfortunate to see some countries and international institutions uh, are also promoting abortion as one of the so-called essential services provided in the humanitarian response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's true, folks. This is something that we need to consider when you hear about different bills or different things that are put out there, or you know, the press is going to... Um, really use rhetoric to say, oh, you know, this country or that country, they're giving humanitarian aid to this third world country. Usually that comes wrapped up with abortion, contraception, uh, a lot of things in that nature, really uh, some argue population control, some argue eugenics, some argue different things. But at the end of the day, that's that's what it, um, that's what's provided in these um, so-called aid packages. It's a little bit challenging. Uh, to recognize it because the press isn't always going to be straightforward about all the details of the humanitarian aid. But we have to do a little bit of digging ourselves to find out what the truth is there. The Pope went on to say, it is troubling to see how simple and convenient it has become for some to deny the existence of human life as a solution to problems that can and must be solved for both the mother and her unborn child. So said Pope Francis. And this is important. Um, I love the fact that he's just out there saying this unapologetically, you know, abortion is murder. Abortion is, uh, um, you know, it, it's really not the solution for a mother and her unborn child. Now, this is an interesting because this is the truth. I, I, I love uh, what he said here. On October 10th, 2018, the Pope said abortion is like hiring a hitman. I've always said that you're, you're going to an execution. It's not, you know, we, we say, oh, a woman shouldn't end the life of her child. The woman shouldn't. The woman killed the baby in her womb. Well, the woman technically was very passive. Um, she held the the, the the foot of the cow, shall we say. Um, but really, the doctor, whoever's performing the abortion, that's the hitman. And it's true. You're hiring a hitman. You're, it's an executioner uh, who's doing it. The mom did not directly do it, but she held the child while um, it was being killed. That's hard to accept for moms when they realize that. Pope Francis compared abortion to hiring a hitman during his weekly catechesis. Again, this was October 10th, 2018. He said, how can an action that ends an innocent and defenseless life in its blossoming stage be therapeutic, civilized, or simply human? I ask you, is it right to do away with a human life in order to solve a problem? Is it right to hire a hitman in order to solve a problem. One cannot, it is not right to do away with a human being, however small, in order to solve a problem. It is like hiring a hitman, he said. The Pope has repeated this line about the hitman many times since, including when he, when asked by a Spanish television journalist in 2019 about the permissibility of abortion in the case of a woman who has been trafficked and becomes pregnant by rape. 
yeah you know it's a tough uh it's a tough uh truth that we say it's always a life and all life is precious because then you're going to get these arguments about well what about these situations where life came out of a horrific horrific um actions horrific uh trafficking a woman becoming pregnant as, as a result of trafficking what about that and this is where the catholic church separates the different components of that we're going to say the trafficking was terrible the fact that she was raped was awful horrific there's no excuse for that that's never going to be okay but something came out of it which was a life and life is always good life can never be bad um and people will say well that life represents this or that you know i can talk to the woman individually about what this represents for her i know there are many stories out there of women who have been raped or who have had unfortunate situations such as that and have chosen to keep the child and will tell you that the child is a beautiful thing and that they don't um fault the child that they they are very glad that they kept their baby uh and you know that they recognize that two wrongs didn't make a right and that's really the way that the catholic church is going to see it um tough situations tough arguments to have because a lot of people say well if you don't allow abortion then that means that you agree with the trafficking or you agree with the rape um, and you don't care about women and it's two totally separate arguments uh and it's hard to separate those in those circumstances but something important to consider I was like what the pope said on june 16th 2018 he said abortion of the disabled is like what the nazis did now he compares this to nazi germany abortion of the disabled this happens all the time in medicine folks we see it all the time again this is where i say it's the fight for the family that child was born it was conceived uh by two parties regardless of how it came the conception came about two parties uh, were involved at one point and one of the challenges is in medicine what happens if this child has down syndrome what happens if this child has a trisomy issue what happens if this child is not going to uh, live for very long outside of the womb well let's abort it it's a challenging position to be in because a lot of moms have to fight for this and doctors get political and they bring in their own politics even though they will argue that anybody who's pro-life shouldn't bring that into the clinic well but that's okay because doctors who are um um pro-choice well they're going to bring that into the clinic anyway we have to keep our um our truth there we can't we can't back down um the pope has said that abortion of children who are sick or disabled is like nazi eugenics but with white gloves i have heard that it is in fashion or at least customary he said in the first months of pregnancy to have certain exams to see whether the baby is not well or has some problems the first proposal in that case is shall we do away with it this is true that's what happens you know you go in there and you get your amniocentesis you get these tests done and the whole purpose of, of the amniocentesis is just to see what's going on genetically and really do we want to have an abortion that's pretty much the purpose of it i mean there's no other there's really no other reason to do it unless uh the parents say well yeah i want to do this but i want to be so i can be prepared um in case my child does have a uh, you know a, a different trisomy or some kind of a what we consider what we call deformity what god probably just says is a, a different variation of, of the human person um biologically speaking but um the first proposal he says is shall we do away with it that's really what it comes down to you know these tests aren't an amniocentesis is not without its risks you're asking actually risking the life of the baby and the mom you could induce pregnancy or um you can induce labor you can cause a lot of damage to the child um even doing the test so it's something to consider 
Pope Francis said that in a speech uh, to a family association, he said, in the last century, the entire world was scandalized over what the Nazis were doing to maintain the purity of the race. That's true. Today, we do the same thing, but with white gloves. He's saying what we're trying to do is uh, make sure that there are no deformities in society, that, there, that we have this ideal, you know, obviously the, the ideal human person is the way God made us. We have a standard and there are these deviations, but at the end of the day, is it a life? Is it a life that we need to care for? We got to remember in Jesus' life, you look through the Gospels, there were so many people who were, had deformities. There were so many people who were not doing well. Um, and Jesus would cure them. You know, people would say, hey, my hand isn't working. And, uh, you know, we see this in Fatima, how many people go there who are paralyzed, have cancer, have all of these things that we consider illnesses that God says, I can take care of that. But where is your faith? Um, and this is goes out to the families. This goes out to anybody who might be uh, at risk of having a child who might have deformities or something along those lines. Our faith has to be placed in God that he will take care of us and the child um, truly at the end of the day. Next thing Pope said was February 18th, 2016, abortion is against the Hippocratic Oath. Very true. You know, it's funny when uh, I went through medical school, they changed the Hippocratic Oath to a more modern Hippocratic Oath. But the truth is, the original Hippocratic Oath said that we will not give uh, a woman a pessary, is what it was called, or anything to end her uh, the life of the child inside of her. Uh, as a doctor, that was, that was the uh, oath you took. And in today's modern day and age, they've changed that even though they hold on to it, but there's no, the original Hippocratic Oath, uh, I don't know that it's said throughout any of the uh, medical schools in the United States, I honestly don't, but when I went to medical school, they sure changed it. Uh, when asked about abortion for pregnant women amid the Zika virus uh, scare, Pope Francis responded that abortion is an absolute evil and against the doctor's Hippocratic Oath. Well, folks, when we're going to come back, we're going to see a few more of these quotes that Pope Francis told us, uh, and we're going to talk about how, what can we do as Catholics? Help the pro-life movement to help the unborn child. Want to welcome back from the. All right, folks, welcome back to the most powerful radio. You're listening to the Doctor Canada Show. Today, we're talking about what does the church say about abortion? What does the Pope said about abortion? Hot topic, definitely. Um, really, more politically than anything else. Uh, because it's always going to be in the news, especially with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Big win for the pro-life movement for us as Catholics. Uh, and we hope that that continues. We hope that we can um, make it so that abortion really is not an option in this country. Why? Because we know that abortion is the ending of a human life. It's not to say that we need, that we can't support a woman or that we don't support women. But what it really says to me more than anything else is that we need to support the family. We need to support families and what that really, what, what the Catholic Church teaches about families as a sacrament, not just a random coupling of people, not just a random um, hanging out for a few uh, years because it feels good or it was fun, but really more than anything else, it's raised to the level of a sacrament, the sacrament of matrimony. It's a marriage. Um, it's something that needs to be fought for. And that's what I think we forget about. Um, again, that quote from Sister uh, Lucia Los Santos always sticks with me um, because it's a reminder of what it is. Let me read that again. She said, again, she's a visionary from Fatima. Uh, lots of predictions came out of Fatima. Lots of uh, truths that Our Lady said about impending wars if we did not pray. We saw World War II happen um, and a lot of different um, calls to pray the rosary to really 
a call to holiness, a call to be closer to God, uh, and to look out for our souls, to work out our salvation. Sister Lucia Santo said, and I quote, the final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, she added, because whoever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way, because this is the decisive issue. Then she concluded, nevertheless, Our Lady has already crushed his head. The one thing that I get out of that, a lot of people say, oh, that means that marriage is important. That means, yes, we need to convey that message. We need to see how important marriage is. But the main thing to remember is that it's a fight, folks. It's a battle. We're not going to be allowed to passively say, hey, this is what a good family looks like. This is what the church talks about with the family. If we speak for the family in favor of the family, we are always going to be fought against and opposed. That's the main thing that I get out of that uh, statement. Something to consider. And the importance of the family. It's something worth fighting for. The importance of the of how God created us from the beginning, the very first sacrament we see in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, um, a marriage, a family. You know, that's what it comes down to. So, again, as a Pope, before the break, we were talking about how the Pope said that abortion was going against the Hippocratic Oath. So talking to, this is really speaking to me as a physician. Um, I've been there for uh, lots of um, deliveries, lots of baby deliveries, lots of helping moms out in their prenatal uh, care and in their postnatal care and, and during the delivery. And it was really beautiful um, moments. Again, you know, a lot of people know me as just a psychiatrist, but I, I was double boarded in family practice and psychiatry um, through family practice, did a whole lot of just primary care, but a lot of mom and baby care. And there's no question from the beginning, as soon as you come into my clinic and say, Dr. Sandoval, I'm pregnant. Um, what do I do? Okay, let's take out the charts. Let's look at the the different dates that you're going to have to come in for your prenatal care and the prenatal care. We're not giving it to the mom. Prenatal care is not just for the mom. I have two patients now. There's, there's no question about it. The mom comes in and she says, I'm pregnant. I've got two patients. Uh, until that baby's born, the primary care doctor or the uh, obstetric doctor, whichever kind of doctor you go to, uh, to take care of your pregnancy realizes that, Hey, the first thing we do when you come in for these prenatal visits, well, when you, when the baby's old enough in the womb, so we check a heart rate. I don't check a heart rate on a bunch of cancer cells. I don't check a heart rate on animals because I'm not a veterinarian. I don't check a heart rate on anything but a human life. And that's what I'm treating in the womb. The human life from the beginning, from the moment, you know, that, uh, that moment of conception, well, as soon as you know that you're pregnant, you've already had a, a baby in there for a little while, for a few weeks, uh, that's already been growing. But I check a heart rate on a patient. There's no question about it. The Pope said abortion is not a theological problem. It is a human problem. It is a medical problem. He said you kill one person to save another in the best case scenario. He said it's against the Hippocratic oaths doctors must take. It's an evil in and of itself. In June 18th, 2015, he said, care for creation is incompatible with the justification of abortion. So we know that the Pope has always talked about taking care of the earth and all these things, but at least he compared it. He said, um, it's incompatible with the justification of abortion. Creation, God made us. If we're going to take care of creation, we are the final, uh, the final creative, created thing in, in the story of creation, human beings, Adam and Eve, and actually Eve. And she was, God created Eve last. And what does Eve do? What do women do? If I speak of Eve as, shall we say, the, hum, the, the female part of the human race, really the bearer of life, right? Our Lady, 
was a bearer of God, that the Otoko, she bore the life of the world, actually. She bore God. <clears throat> we can't uh, minimize really what a pregnancy is. Every life is special. Every life goes to God. It's created by God. Um, and he allows us to partake in creation. These are important things to consider. Says so in in Pope Francis' landmark environmental encyclical, Laudato Si, yes, that's where he was talking about creation, the Pope emphasized that respect for creation and human dignity go hand in hand. Since everything is interrelated, he said, concern for the protection of nature is also incompatible with the justification of abortion. You know, a lot of people love to quote the Pope, but how many times do they quote what he does say about abortion, what he does say um, about the Catholic truths um, that are undeniable? You know, that's got to make the news a little bit more, I think, uh, than some of the stuff that's confusing that comes out of the Vatican. But these are, that is the way of the world. We always, the truth uh, tends to be hidden because it's not convenient. Let's look at what the Pope said August 16, 2014. The Pope prays at South Korea Cemetery for abortion victims. Pope Francis prayed at a cemetery for aborted babies during his papal trip to South Korea, August 2014, stopping to pray in silence before the horde of journalists that document the Pope's every move during a papal trip. Pope Francis used his silent gesture to communicate the gospel of life. The Pope visited a cemetery for unborn children on the outskirts of Rome, also to pray for on All Souls Day in 2018. You know, this is a uh, it's important I'm, I'm glad the pope does this that he leads with this example of a bit being extremely pro-life of not shying away from um speaking against abortion and really putting his actions uh you know you said put your money where your mouth is uh putting his actions and he goes and he prays at the cemetery for the aborted babies that's a big deal you know that's a big deal for the pope to do that how many times is this recognized or how many times is this um, thought about or said, especially on the right to life uh, march? You know, do journalists say, gosh, let's stop and see what the Pope said about abortion? No, they'll stop and say, well, let's see what the Pope said about certain blessings in the church or things of that nature when it's, you know, things that might seem convenient. But do they really say, you know, when it comes to the infallibility of the Pope, when it comes to all these things that people are going to argue and not always correctly, um, do they say, well, let's see what the Pope said about abortion? You know, let's turn to see what the Pope said about that, because that's so important. The Pope's word is so important. Gosh, when he talked about blessings to uh, irregular unions, that sure was everywhere and, and applauded. Um, but what about his comments on abortion? Is that also something that the news media is going to say, wow, if the Pope said this, we really need to listen to this. We really need to reconsider what we're doing here. I think it's just a matter of convenience. If you say what I think I want to hear or what uh, follows my narrative, I'll put you on the on the megaphone. If you don't, eh, we'll put that to the side. Let's see what the Pope said on September 2013. Every unborn child unjustly aborted has the face of Jesus. And the truth is, all of us technically have the face of Jesus. We're created in God's image and likeness. Can we recognize Jesus in each other? If we can't recognize Jesus in each other, well, I hope so. I have that people are going to recognize Christ in the unborn child. This is what it says. In a speech to a group of gynecologists and obstetricians, the Pope said that the doctors are called to care for human life in its initial stage and asked them to remind people that in all its phases and at any age, human life is always sacred. Every child who, rather than being born, is condemned unjustly to being aborted, bears the face of Jesus Christ, bears the face of the Lord, who even before he was born, 
and then just after birth experience the world's rejection, Pope Francis said. Pope Francis' strong statements mark a continuation of the Catholic Church's clear pronouncements that abortion is a grave evil. Here are some other notable statements. Um, well, there's some other notable statements made over the decades by different popes, but this is something, this right here, this this uh, comment he made, and the, the following commentary, um, I think is important to consider, not just on the topic of abortion, but on the topic of anything uh, that's related to the dogma, the, the truths of our faith, the deposit of the faith, the unchanging uh, truths of the Catholic Church, which we pronounce that we have the fullness of. And I like this. It says, Pope Francis's strong statements, Mark, well, actually, let me, let's read that statement again and see what, how this is different from recent statements that have come out from the Vatican. This is where Pope Francis said, doctors are called to care for human life in its initial stage. And he asked them to remind people that in all its phases and at any age, human life is always sacred, period. Okay, the next statement. Every child who rather than being born is condemned unjustly to being aborted bears the face of Jesus Christ, bears the face of the Lord, who even before he was born and then just after birth experienced the world's rejection. You know what I love about that? That he didn't have to follow that up with any kind of, well, let me clear up this part of what I said. Let me clear up of this other uh, statement that I said. No, this is just straightforward. And the article notes that Pope Francis' strong statements mark a continuation of the Catholic Church's clear pronouncements that abortion is a great evil. There was no confusion there. There was no question about, well, do you mean the baby uh, in the womb, out of the womb, at what weeks of pregnancy? They said in all of its phases, at any age, human life is always sacred. I would hope that all the pronouncements that come out of the Vatican are that clear. This is folks where, you know, when people argue, gosh, that was a confusing argument. No, it wasn't. Nobody, let me explain to you what the Pope really meant. No, we don't need that. If you read this, there's no question about, let me explain to anybody what the Pope really meant. It's very clear. This is the way pronouncements should be coming out of the Vatican without any question as to what the Pope is saying, not saying. Um, and they should come from the Pope, you know, when it's something this strong or anything else that's going to uh, challenge, whether it be the sacrament of marriage and what that means, um, what blessings are going to be given where. Uh, you know, these are strong statements that need to be made. Um, it's kind of like almost saying, you know, in this case, the Pope never said, you know, we can give blessings to healthcare workers who are outside of the abortion clinic, but not while giving the abortion. But uh, he's not going to do any of that. This is not confusing. We got to look for those clear statements. If something's not clear, it's good to question it. Uh, but Pope Francis' strong statements, the continuation of clear pronouncements, you know. But let's look at this. What did Pope Benedict have to say? Did he have anything to say? Did Pope John Paul II have to say anything about abortion? These are things that we're going to need to consider um, down the road. I encourage uh, any of our listeners to look this up. How can we help fight for the right to life and the fight for the family? First thing is, let's pull out those rosaries. Let's pray. Folks, we forget about the power of prayer. We forget that prayer can change hearts. And it can truly change uh, the way people view the world. The way people view our, the way we view our relationship with God. And recognize that life is important. Life is precious. God loves it. At all stages of life. More than anything else I say, let's keep teaching about the importance of the family.